Hello, everyone, and welcome back for episode number 81 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels from Sandusky, Ohio, and I am thrilled that you're listening. In this episode, I had the terrific pleasure to talk with Bulldogs footy fan and longtime supporter of both Footscray and the Western Bulldogs, Luke Foley. We've been trading messages online, talking back and forth for quite some time. It was great to get him on the show and uh, talk some footy with him. We spent a great deal of the episode today talking about the Bulldogs Footy Club, their prospects for 2021. And we also delved into some other topics that were a little bit away from footy, but uh, they're still very close to home, uh, especially in light of uh, the uh, the announcement with St. Kilda with uh, their round two game being Spud's game in terms of trying to remember uh, – dealing with issues of mental illness and that sort of thing, and a new facility being built at their grounds right now. So we delved into and discussed mental health, and we even t- spent some time talking today about, uh, well, we talked last week, about who should be role models. Who should be role models, rather than maybe some of the people that we look at as being role models today. But before we dive into the episode, I wanted to encourage uh, all of you to consider signing up for the mailing list. It's in the show notes. It's four questions. I'll put you on the email list when a new episode comes out. Boom, it goes to you before it goes anywhere else. All right? If you want to do that, that's fantastic. Also, uh, I'd like to encourage you to check out the uh, the Redbubble storefront page as well as the uh, Buy Me a Coffee page if you're interested in doing that. Also, I hope that after you've listened to the episode that you uh, decide to maybe share this episode or your favorite episode. Maybe you've got a, a friend who's a supporter of one of the clubs that we've just covered consider sharing the link with them to that podcast so they can give it a listen as well because they might be entertained by it as well. So sit back and relax and enjoy my uh, discussion with, uh, with Luca Voli. Uh, we had a couple of instances right at the end of the uh, the audio where his Wi-Fi went down. I'm in Ohio. He's in Victoria. We're 15,000 kilometers apart. It happens. Uh, I left it in kind of for the continuity sake because I was talking through uh, the time where he was trying to get his Wi-Fi back up and running. And, and I covered a couple of the issues that we were still addressing there. So I left it in. It's going to sound a little bit clunky, but there were some laughs at the end. I think I got the wrong Rocky film uh, at the end there, but uh, I think you'll understand what I'm referencing there. So enjoy it, folks, and uh, thanks for tuning in. I am thrilled to be joined by a huge Bulldog supporter that's been a supporter of the club back to his young days in the 1970s and 1980s. And uh, I, before I introduce him, I, I do want to uh, uh, state here, normally when I'm talking Bulldogs, I'm usually, I'm talking to, uh, I think, the U.S.'s biggest uh, Bulldog supporter, Frode Jernhardt from Florida. And Frode, I, Frode, I feel like I'm cheating on you right now by not having you on here, but uh, we're definitely going to talk. But I'm absolutely thrilled. We just spent about 20 minutes talking beforehand. I'm thrilled to be talking with uh, huge Bulldog supporter, Luke Foley. Luke, thanks so much for taking time out of your afternoon to come on, sir. Glad to have you with us today. Uh, it's a pleasure, Craig. Um, hello to you and um, hello to everyone out there who may be listening. Well, hopefully there's a lot of folks listening, whether they be Bulldogs supporters or 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 not. And this will definitely get shared in, in a couple of Bulldog supporters uh, sites online as well. So 
Yep. We've been, uh, I've been talking to several people over the last few days about their club and where they see their club at the moment and where they project them being in uh, six to seven months here, once the season wraps up again. But, uh, you know, one of the things I've been asking is, you know, what do you, what does a successful or an unsuccessful season look like? So I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and get the glass half empty part of the interview out of the way first. So you're watching the season it's, it's unfolding, it's progressing. You know, you've got, uh, you're starting off with Collingwood, you got West coast coming up and then North, um, in the first three rounds if things aren't going the way you think, what, what are the indicators that are going to tell you that, that this season is not going the way that you've hoped? Good question. Um, I think like all clubs, uh, the first thing that comes to our minds are, are injuries. You can't control that. Um, and while I think that on paper, we look very good, um, you've got to have that depth. Um, and if we get a, a run of injuries, you know, um, for example, let's look at our, our, our forward line. You know, if if Aaron Norton gets injured, Josh Bruce gets injured, Tim English gets injured, you, sometimes you can get a run of injuries. And I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about our depth. Um, and... I'm still a bit worried about our defence. Um, I think we look good down forward, but you know, if you kick, there's no point kicking 15 goals in a game if the opposition's kicking 16 goals. Um, that's a good point. So that, that's 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 a bit of a worry for me. Um, you, you know, you you just when you're at a game, you can just see the intensity of the players and sometimes you just you know what in the first five minutes of the game you can almost tell whether they've they've turned up to play or not okay. um That's but you know and and you know what it's strange isn't it because you would assume that every player from every club is motivated to perform at their very best but you know what sometimes it just doesn't happen no one would ever accuse. Sorry, I was going to say no one would ever accuse players of not trying. Of course, they're trying, but sometimes things just don't go your way, and even as a supporter, you can sense that. And there may be an instance where you know they they might have some sort of a slight injury that's impeding their ability to play at the level that that both they and the and the fans are expecting. So. Correct. They they they're. they're always things happening behind the scenes that as fans we're not privy to right right we don't know what's going on and like you say you know you, you, you you're at a game where you're watching it on tv and you go geez such and such is looking a bit slow they don't quite look right mm -hmm. what we don't know is that they're probably carrying an injury and playing you know at 80% capacity, 75% capacity, but they're still getting out there. Right, right. So we've... So it, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, go. No, no, I was just going to say that um, for me and I think for, for every supporter, injuries is always an issue, isn't it? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. 
you want to have you, first and foremost, you've got to have a good run. You've got to have nearly every player, everyone, every club. We're going to get injuries. We're going to have a couple of players out here and there. But if you can have a, generally speaking, if your list is relatively healthy, I think that bodes well for a good season. Once you start seeing players go down here and there, um, you might lose a close game. Suddenly the confidence is taken out of them a bit. Um, you just you just get that feeling if things aren't going quite the way you want them to go. Um, you, you know that 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 happened to us in 2017. Yeah, and, and that I was that was and a, I think that was a huge letdown. I think that's the case for for every club. And and aren't you glad we got aren't you glad we got that out of the way to start out? That we we. I, we, I, we we talked about the oh the wheels fell off. Yeah, look, as a as a bulldogs fan, I'm I'm used to the wheels falling off. So <laughs> you know, we're we're almost conditioned to fail. Our mindset is that we never win anything anyway. So it's more just about supporting the club and supporting the boys that go out to play. And as long as they give their best, you can't ask for much more than that. Um so expectations over the years, for me anyway, have never been that high. And when they were really high, we get let down. And that was the beauty of 2016 because we just, no one in their right mind expected right, right. that to happen. And, and of course, you, you know, when you're, you're talking about the expectations and such, uh, I'm not sure if you know this or not, but you're, you're talking to a 50-plus year Cleveland Browns fan, so... We we know oh, about yeah, low no. expectations, although ours yeah, are a lot yeah. higher now. Yeah. So yeah, no, I get your point. I yeah. actually one of my work colleagues is a Browns fan, so he yeah, sounds like I, he sounds I, like I, a very smart man. Well, he lives in Geelong actually, and he's a big Geelong fan as well. So there you go. So he's a member of Mensa as well, then. <laughs> no, not 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 quite. He's also an Arsenal fan, so you know I keep reminding no. him about that. <laughs> So we we we've we've touched on the uh, the oh crap this has happened. So let's let's look at the other side of the coin. How are you going to know a round or two or three into the season? How are you going to know that that this is going to be or uh, or even at the end of the season? How are you going to know that this has been a successful season? It may not you know it may not be you know the the pinnacle, but you know. You know, even if they don't happen to win the grand final, how how would you know if a season has been successful for them? Oh, I think that's ultimately determined by where you finish. Okay. Um, to be honest, myself and a lot of other Bulldogs fans are quite, pardon the pun, but we're quite bullish about this year. Um, I understand. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm, I am expecting to finish in the top four. Okay. I think our midfield is probably as good as any, if I not think... maybe maybe the, the best midfield in the league. It might very well um, be, yes. Yeah. Um, if our forward line can click. And, and just on that, a, a barometer of how we're going, I think it's down to one person, and that's Josh Bruce. We, we, know, we know Aaron Norton, you know, the kid is going to be an absolute superstar. Um, some of the things he's done, even at his young age, he's just, he's great. But Josh Bruce had a pretty ordinary year last year. If he plays well, 
and starts clunking those big marks and starts to kick a few goals and his confidence rises, you'll find that we're playing pretty well if Josh Bruce is playing well. I think he's that important to our setup. Okay. Okay. So that's a, that's a good, he's a good harbinger. He's a good uh, weather bait, if you will, for the club. He is. Yeah. He so is. if he's, if he's going well, it's a safe bet that the club's going well then. Yeah, I, I, I think so because the midfield's going to look after itself. Right. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I think they're, the midfield is, is, one of the top ones in the, in the cop. So yes, I, you, I, you will not find me disagreeing with you on that one. You know, I think the key is our forward line and the, um, the acquisition of, of Stephen Martin, because that's going to free up Tim English and take the load off him. Mm-hmm. Now, if you've got Norton, Bruce and English in that forward line, and they're all, you know, Tim English is, you know, <laughs> six foot ten or whatever you know he's a he's a tall boy um right of course josh bruce josh bruce is a is a huge unit and aaron norton's you know he's 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 got a good size about him too um you know if they start you know it's going to put a lot of pressure on on opposition defenses i think and um josh bruce didn't have a great year last year aaron norton had his injury issues and poor tim english was just it was catching up with him having to rock most of the time on his right. own. Um, and, and, and you know what he did? I think, yeah. And you're right. He did kind of, you know, maybe grind down a little bit, but he had a pretty darn good year overall. Oh, he did. He did. But um, he, he, it's pretty tough asking one person to, 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 you know, take, responsibility of, of being your main ruckman. Um, he doesn't yet have the build, and I don't think he ever will have the build of a big, you know, bustling ruckman like a um Yeah, I'm well look at look at Nick Nat, you know. I right, mean, right. He's not the, that guy, thick. the guys are, you know, Nick Nat's a man mountain, isn't he? Um yes. Uh you know, and there's and a lot of ruckmen there, they're big men. Um wow. Tim English yeah, he's he's a bit on the skinny side, isn't he? I'm looking at the uh, I'm looking at the uh, the list of hitouts for the club from last year, and Josh Bruce, Josh Dunkley, Jackson McRae, Zane Cordy, and Marcus Bontempelli combined for 44 hitouts. Tim English had 288. Yeah, and look, I think Bevo makes it clear that I don't think he places too much importance on getting the hit out. It's well, and you, I, 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 I tend to agree. It's not so much getting the hit outs, it's getting the clearances. Right, right. But And that's where that's where having a pretty darn good midfield can pay off pretty well for you. Correct. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, we'll you know, I, 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 the competition is going to be, it's going to be pretty intense right, as right. to who actually starts in the middle. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, the philosophy is, well, if our guy can't get it, we'll just let the other team hit it to us instead. Then that works, that works fine as well. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? The good, the good players can play off the opposition ruckman and almost predict where it's going to go anyway. So right. Right. I, I, yeah, look, I've, it can be important um, getting the hit outs, but I think in the overall scheme of things, I think a lot of coaches 
think, well, you know what, it's not the be all and end all. Okay. So, you know, you've already mentioned that you see the club finishing top four, which I can't say I necessarily disagree with you there. Uh, with that being the case, let's say that you are, uh, you are the, uh, the sports director for, or the sports editor for the, the Herald Sun. And the season has ended and you're putting the Bulldogs headline in the paper. What's that headline say? Ooh, (laughs) it could say a number of things. I'm, uh, I'm hoping the headline doesn't say Bulldogs lose another final because we've, 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 you know, GWS touched the stuff two years ago right? after right. we touched them up in, I think, the last game. Um, and we lost to St Kilda last year, finishing in the lower reaches of the eight. I would I would hate to actually nab a top four spot and go out in straight sets. That, when you do all of that hard work throughout the year, the pre-season, the home and away season, you get what you, you wanted and that's that top four spot. To go out in straight sets would be would be absolutely devastating. Um, now, my expectation is to finish top four. I'm not saying we will. I think we'll be there or thereabouts. But you know, the competition's fierce. It's such an even competition. You you might only be percentage from finishing fourth and finishing sixth. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Yeah, or, or one game. Right. Right. Difference. You know. So. so- the head, the head, I'm hoping the headline is, um, you know, um, another fairy tale for the Bulldogs and winning the premiership again. You know, one thing 2016 did is give it gave us that taste for success. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the core of players, we've lost a heck of a lot of players, even though it's, you know, only a few years ago. But there's that core still there, and you know, I, I think, I think they, from what I can see, seeing them in interviews and everything, I think they're they're driven this year, and um, I, I really think we we'll, we will push it, and that's okay. my hope, and and it is my expectation. Um, you know, I, I I think long gone are the days of just hoping that we do well. I think now a lot of Bulldogs fans are expecting, expecting to do you well. to, absolutely, and that, yeah. And that, and, that, and that mindset over the years has changed since winning the premiership. Now, look, I, I came up with a headline that might work after uh, the last premiership. What about, what about Cinderella finds her other slipper? Yeah, yeah. That, that might work. Yeah, that, 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 that could work um oh geez we're talking september aren't we it's a long way yeah. off yeah um, it's a long way off so well let's hope it's september know, well i mean i think every supporter this is you know what this is the great thing about this time of year because every fan from every club is expecting their club to do well because we're all starting off on an even keel we all go into round one, 18 teams are equal. 
I, that's how I see it. Yeah, I, I think you're right there, but I, I, I think that that there might be there might be a few clubs that that realize, yeah, we are in rebuild mode right now, and it's going to be, oh. you know, they yeah, might have a different they might they might have a different answer in terms of what a successful season looks like. Well, that that's that's exactly right. I mean, um, when your club's in a rebuild, um, you know, Hawthorne's a good example of that. They've yeah. had their glory. They're, they're in a transitional phase at the moment. You know, m- maybe Alistair Clarkson and the Hawthorne coaching staff, their expectations are different to the fans, you know. Right, um, right. But I think even as a fan, you're still hoping or expecting that you're going to make the finals. Otherwise, what's the point? What's well, that's, the point of even... Well, you, some of the clubs may be looking at it and saying, well, we just need to, you know, we need to blood some of our first-year players and get them the experience. I mean, that may be part of it. You know, I... Uh, look, you know, yeah, look, each club's on a different... at a different level, aren't they? I mean, look at Geelong and the players they've recruited with an ageing list. I mean their expectations would be different than the gold the, the, than Gold Coast, wouldn't they? Yeah. I mean, they, Geelong have targeted older players. They're an ageing list. They're thinking our time is now. It has to be now. Right, right. Whereas Gold Coast might be thinking a good year could be pushing to make the finals. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they might figure, oh, if we finish mid-table, that's an improvement on last year and we'll only get better. But that's, yeah, that's a good point. Yep. As as a, as a fan, when a ball hasn't been kicked in anger, we we're, we're all, you know, um, optimistic about what our club can achieve. I know I certainly am. You know, just being a Bulldogs fan, um, it's usually after a month or two that you go, "Oh, here we go again." Yeah. There's always next year. Yeah. <laughs> So We're good at saying oh, there's always next year. Right, right. Yeah. So who are you who are you the most excited about seeing play for the club this year? It could be somebody that, that's been with the club for a while, or it could be somebody that's that's new to the club. Who are you who is the one you just can't wait until they get in the game, whether it be round one or round six or whatever the case may be? Oh, uh, I think as a Bulldogs fan, that that's a pretty obvious answer. And um I don't think he'll play much this year, to be honest, because of COVID last year and he hasn't had a lot of game time and they'll, they'll nurse him through this year. But um, obviously, Jamara Hagen. I mean, yeah. the kid is an absolute freak. Um, you know, easily the number one draft pick and we, we did well to get him. And, you know, from what I've seen on YouTube, um, from what I've read, um, with football journalists and things like that. You know, they're, they're saying this kid could be another Buddy Franklin. The only difference is this kid can actually take big towering marks, which that's probably not Buddy's uh, forte. Um, yeah. But he's quick. He he has a, he can leap tall buildings. He, he, he It is going to be so exciting to watch this kid play. And um, we've sort of got to calm those expectations down a bit and not expect too much from him this year. You know, this is not going to be his year. But I tell you what, in a few years, you, everyone will know that name. 
no doubt yeah, I, about it. I, I think you're, I think you're absolutely right there. I think it's a uh, it was a it was a really good get for your team this year. And if I'm not mistaken, didn't they they adjust didn't they adjust the rules after this year's draft that would that like next year if this was happening it would not have been able to happen that way? Um, good question. I'm, you know, the the draft and and the rules and everything can get quite complicated, but. Um... I think even experts sometimes um, get a bit lost, you know, with the way everything's structured and points accrued and right, um, right. You know, it is can be terribly complicated. But you, you're right. I think there might have been something in place. But you know what? When you're drafted through the the next gen academy, um, I think that's a good thing. Um, you know, I. I I, I actually, I'm a, I'm a proponent of having a bit of a lottery for the draft, to be honest, because um, that will just totally eliminate um, any clubs deliberately. Every, every club goes out there to win, but of course, coaches can manipulate the result by the teams, the personnel they select, yeah. the positions they play, that sort of thing. All knowing that the season's over for them, they're not going to make the finals, so they're looking ahead for the right, following right. year and getting and getting a, a better draft pick. Obviously, the way it's set up now, the lower you finish, the better pick you get. Why don't we eliminate that? Well, you know, I know you know the the, uh, the NFL, for example, it, it's based upon you know like the reverse record. So the team that had the worst record is picks first, or their pick is first. They can trade their pick, of course, but. And then yep. you know, the team that wins the Super Bowl picks 32nd in, in that round. But the NBA does something a little different where they have kind of a draft lottery where the, you know, the teams that did not make the, the playoffs all have, they do some sort of a system with ping pong balls or something like that, that, uh, yeah. that, you know, that, that the team that had the worst record has the, the best opportunity to get the top pick, but they could slide down to get, you know, like the second, third, or fourth pick, because last year the Cavaliers, yep. you know, the, the Cavaliers team here, uh, I think they had this, this, I think they had the second, first or second worst record, and they ended up getting the, I think the fifth pick overall. You know, so I don't it's, have a problem with that. Yeah, I, I like that system actually. Yeah, you know, I, I would, just totally, totally eliminate, you know, what we call tanking. Right, right. Now I would be concerned if. Uh, I'd be concerned if, you know, we, you know, we found a situation where, you know, we, we finish up uh, the 2020 season and somehow Richmond ends up with the number one pick. That would be a little concerning, you know, so maybe, maybe you, uh, maybe you do not, um, you know, you eliminate oh, yeah, you know, the teams I, I, in the top eight say, from being yeah. eligible. Correct. You, you might have, you know, if you don't make the finals, they're the clubs that go into that, that lottery, you know, and then obviously the lower you finish, like you say, if we're talking, you know, balls in a barrel or something like yeah. that. Well, if you do finish last, you get more balls in the barrel. Right. right. So you still have a good chance of getting that number one pick. I just, there's nothing worse towards the end of a season, you know, dead rubbers, you know, between two clubs. The game means nothing. And then you've got clubs going out there, you know, coaches, deliberately selecting teams and positioning of players they're going out there to win of course the player goes out there to win but 
coaches can do a hell of a lot to ensure that maybe you don't win. So it's not like you're not trying, but right, right. You're not trying terribly hard to win because you want that number one pick. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yes. Um, but anyway, that's that's something for the AFL to work out. Right. Well, they're 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 busy trying to you know turn people into mannequins right now. So, uh. um, you know, if the Bulldogs did extremely well in the draft, I mean, you know, I, I remember on Twitter after the draft happened and um, the ask Bulldog fans were saying, you know, can we <laughs> can we give Sam Power a lifetime job? Hell, give him a knighthood. You know, Sir Sam, he, he was brilliant with the way he um, conducted things. And I mean, we got by far the best young talent in the country. We kept Josh Dunkley. Right, right. And amazingly, right, right. And amazingly we get Adam Trelaw. And we got Stefan Martin at a bargain basement price. It didn't really cost us anything. And you brought um, Mitch as well. And we got and we got Mitch Hannon back. Yeah. At the dogs, which is great. You know, we have, I think now there's four, maybe five um Bulldogs player players on the senior list that played in our VFL side. So that's that's great that they're promoting from within and the reserves team. Right. That's that's true. Yeah. Now yeah, Stefan Martin, you know, I don't know if he's going to get uh, – you think he's going to get selected more often than not? Because, I mean, he's 34 oh, yeah, already. He'll, he'll, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I guess he's the rock yeah, too, so. Be- Bevo was on the radio here in Melbourne the other day. He said he's flying, he's fit, he's never felt better. He will do the bulk of our rock work. Okay. Um, and, and that opens, that opens uh, up things for Tim English to go – to, to go, go forward, excel exactly. where, to go excel where he's uh, going to be able to excel. And I'm telling you now, against the really big bodies, um, Stefan Martin will will be our number one rock, no doubt about it. Okay. Um, and t- and Tim English, uh, he's got really good hands. He can actually take a good contested mark. Um, you know, he'd be a handful down forward because he's so tall. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I. I... I looked it up. He's uh he's a little bit over six foot eight. Yeah, uh, two, yeah, okay. yeah, 200, 205 centimeters. So he's he's a he's a big young man, and I think well, and he's only Josh, he's only Josh, twenty. Yeah, and Josh Bruce is oh he'd have to be six foot five, six six. Yeah, Josh Bruce is 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 a is a big man, uh-huh. and of course Aaron Norton. So you know, Tim English might find that he's getting the third tall. Yeah, um, the third defender. Well, I, I think, and I've mentioned this in a couple of the other discussions. I, I think a lot of clubs are trying to figure out how to, maybe in a way, copy what Richmond's been successful with the last couple of years with with you know Tom Lynch and Jack Rewalt playing you know, the other, the two talls, yep. and you know, and then you know you've got and then trying to find your own version of Dusty Martin to go clean up all the the monger balls in front of the goal. Yeah, that seems to be a trend that whoever wins the premiership, other clubs try and model themselves on that team style of play. Yeah. Um, Geelong's just done that, yeah. you know, arguably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, same thing with Brisbane, you know, with bringing yep. in Joe Danaher to, to match up with, you know, with Eric Hipwood. I mean, that's the kind of thing right there, I think, that lets, uh, it's going to give, you know, Charlie Cameron an opportunity to have a really good year. You, you, you have to be careful having 
a top-heavy forward line. You know, you, you, and I think two talks, maybe three. Right, right. Three sometimes can be. As long as your tools aren't big, lumbering lumps. Mm-hmm. If they've got some athleticism about them, uh, which Tim English definitely has. I mean, if you watch him, he actually plays when he's in the middle. He actually plays like a big field. Yeah. You know, he's got a huge engine and he, he's quick. Um, so I don't think we'd be disadvantaged by playing three tools down forward, assuming Norton, Bruce and English all start down forward. I mean, we don't know. Bevo could be planning to play Norton as a key backman because I think that's our Achilles heel. Um, you know, Ryan Gardner, look, I'm still not convinced in a key position. Alex Keith, if you recall, played his best football as that loose third tall for Adelaide. Right. Because he, well, he can read the play so well. Now he's asked to be a key defender, and I don't think that's his go. Um but I'm not, I mean, mind you, very good player. But um, I think our Achilles heel is our, is our back line. And um, uh, one of our club greats was on, on the radio the other day, uh, Dougie Hawkins. And he said if Norton plays key back, he could be, he could be possibly the best in a half back in the league if that's where he played. And okay. I tend to agree. That could be great. Now, where do you see, where do you see Mitch did... Wallace fitting in this year? Uh, he'll be down forward. I mean, Definitely, he'll, he'll be down. Yeah, he'll be down forward. He's he, you know, he, he spoke of Richmond style of play. You know that manic, keep the ball in, work hard. Mitch Wallace does that so well. Yeah, he he's he reminds me, he and uh, Brody Majacek from from Collingwood both remind me as kind of they're kind of like the Swiss Army knife type player. They they're not excellent at necessarily one thing, but they do just about everything pretty darn well. Yeah. And look for his size, Mitch Wallace is a great contested mark yeah. and he's, he's a very accurate kid. Yeah. So, you know, he, he is for all intents and purposes, Mitch Wallace is a midfielder, but there's no room for him. Right. Right. There's just, there's no room for him. You might, we might see um, Adam Trelaw, for example, he might be playing off half back because he's got such a big edge and he can just run, run, run. I mean, who's going to start in the midfield? Well, there's one lock-in, or two actually, obviously the Bond, that goes without saying, yeah. and Libba. Um, who else do you start in the middle? I mean, Bailey Josh Smith, Dunkley. Bailey Smith finding his way in there? Bailey Smith, yeah, Bailey Smith. I mean, how good is that kid? Um, yeah. Um, and I don't know if you heard him come out um, the other day in an interview talking about his um, mental health struggle. Right. Yes, I did. I did. I did read that. Yeah. And it's, you know, it is. So, Go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, so when you take that into, into consideration, what he's actually achieved in his very short career is nothing short of a remarkable. Yeah. I mean, he, he has become one of our go-to players and he's what, I think he's just 20. You yeah, know, he, is... he has not missed a game. He has not missed a game since he got drafted. Yeah, he's 20. He's just He just turned 20 in December. Yeah. 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 He has not missed a game since he got drafted What at the uh, in 2018. So he played all of 2019, all of last season. Yeah. So it's, that's, yeah, it, that's amazing. That's one of the reasons why 
you know, uh, every episode show notes that I have, and I don't know if you've ever looked at the show notes for my podcast, but every every episode show notes I have listed in there, the like the Beyond Blue website and phone number and that type of thing. I I, I just I keep that stuff in there because there are so many people, whether they're they're people who are playing the game or fans who are watching the game, you know, or that, that might be listening to the, the podcast that might see that and might be able to reach out for help. And let's let's be honest, this last year has done a number psychologically, I think, on everybody. Oh. You know, this this year, if if, if we've survived this year. I think we can survive just about anything. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's affected us all. I mean, I'm just thinking I've been working from home now for nearly a year. It was late March that we had to leave the office and work remotely from home. Yeah. I mean, we're still, still, still here. Yeah. We, we, we shut our schools down, you know, in-person school in like the 9th of March last year. And then we, we went back. Now we've been back in school five days a week. Uh, starting right around the 1st of September. So, yeah, but there are still school districts around the country. We have kids that have not been in, in an actual physical classroom for over a year. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's in so like, it's a long huge, time. Yeah. You know, that's in like huge dis- school districts, like in, in Los Angeles and San Francisco and, and places like that, that, you know, we've had people, kids, these kids are just getting left behind. You know, they're, they're trying to do the online stuff, but the online stuff can, you can only do so much with that. Well, it's the same with, with work. There's only so much I can do working from home. Yeah. You know, because I can't perform my tasks and the role properly working from home because I can't go out and see clients. I can't do a lot of things I can't do. And, you know, getting back to, to mental health, I think a lot of us when it comes to well-paid people in sport. That, that that perception and you, you do get a lot of people would say well what have they got to be depressed about they're getting paid all this money to, to kick a football around or hit a ball or whatever they do what have, what have they got to be depressed about and they lose sight of the fact that depression and, and mental health issues can affect anyone right, doesn't right. matter whether you're earning doesn't matter whether you're earning millions of dollars um, in the entertainment industry or the sporting industry. It can still affect you, you know, and I, I can't begin to imagine how tough it would have been, not just for AFL players, for all sports people where competitions have still been going and, you know, players are playing, you know, they're in hubs, they're in a bubble, they're in quarantine, they're getting tested every day. It would have to take its toll. Yeah. And a few players have come out and said it did take its toll with a lot of them. You know, um, you know, our premiership hero, Tom Boyd, should have won the Norm Smith that day, by the way, but that's a discussion for another time. <laughs> Nothing against JJ, but Boyd, Boyd, he was unbelievable that day. And, and look, two years later, he was 23, 22, 23, and he walked away from the game and a multi-million dollar contract. Wow. And, and told the club, yeah, I've signed a contract, but I don't want to be paid out. And he gave the money back. So don't you know? I I just can't do this, and he's a big advocate, Tom Boyd, for for mental health. Okay. Um, he's he's a lovely man, Tom Boyd, and um, for someone so young, 
Um, an extraordinary young man to do what he's done. Um, football wasn't the be-all and end-all for him and he wanted to go and do other things and he knew if he kept playing that his health was going to deteriorate. Wow. So he, he, walked, he walked away. I think he went back to university, um, you know, and now he's involved with, with um, you know, mental health organisations and doing, doing a lot for the community. Um, so it does affect people to the point that some of them just walk away. Yeah. So and I that, don't buy, I don't buy this, you know, this, this thing where people say, Oh, you know, what have, what have they got to be upset about? What have they, why are they depressed? I mean, we, we all have to, baggage. We all have baggage. Yeah. 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 And, and last year would have been extraordinary, extraordinarily yeah. tough on a lot of players. And, and it was good to see young Bailey come out and, and talk about those struggles. Um, and if it helps him to come out and just and 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 discuss it, then more power to him. Right, um, right. I think I, I think it, it takes people to to go public um, to bring more awareness because um, you know these 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 guys are, are they, they are they put put up on a pedestal, aren't they? Every every sports person, yeah, yeah, is 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 whether they like it or not. They're role models. That's why, you know, it gets reported if they've, you know, got into some sort of trouble. But you because know, in the me go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say everyone's watching them. The media's watching them. Yeah. The pressure, the pressure is would we wouldn't have any idea what it must be like. Right, right. But, you know, we have also, you know, and I think this is, you know, having been a teacher now for, for 27 years, I, uh, you know, the role model thing is interesting. Yeah, I, I, I think that we, we, you know, we do a great job of, you know, you know, the kids seeing athletes as role models, but we don't do it. We don't do a really, I think, we, oh, well, let's put it this way. I think we could do a better job demonstrating to the kids that you know, doctors, plumbers, electricians—you know, people like you know, people like that can could be considered role models as well. Yeah, I, 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 oh, I, 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 I totally agree. Yeah, yeah, because you know, we we could you know, I think we, and I don't know how the education system works specifically in Australia, but you know, for a long, you know, for for quite some time, you know much of what we do in, in high school is to prepare to send kids to four-year colleges to go and get that, that college degree. But we're not, yep. you know, we're not doing a whole lot to encourage young people to consider to go into the, you know, into the trades, to become electricians, to become carpenters, to be tool and die makers, plumbers, whatever it may be. We're, you know, we, it's not that, it's not that we're not, you know, that we're denigrating those professions. We're just not, we're not even mentioning them as, Hey, you know what? That person that's a plumber that that works hard, goes home smelling like things you don't want to smell like, earns one hell of a living. Oh, yeah, yeah you know? exactly right. Yeah, you know they, they, you know, if you're if you're a, if if you're a tradesperson um, with a successful business, you're 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 doing financially, yeah. you don't have any problems. Yeah, you're I mean, I well. I have, I have to me. I have more respect for somebody who's an electrician, who is, you know, a plumber, 
a carpenter, somebody, you know, a, a mechanic, somebody that has the ability to do something like that with their hands. I've got, I got a lot more respect for them than somebody like me, quite frankly, who has a teaching degree. You know, I, I, I've got a, I've got a teaching degree and I've got a degree in geography. I, okay. I can find things on a map and I can explain things to people pretty well, but my car is at a dealership right now getting fixed because I don't know how to fix it. Yeah. No, I put my <laughs> hand up on one yeah. of those. Yeah. Well, you know, I pay someone to get stuff fixed because I'm absolutely terrible at that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I'm awful. I'm awful. You know, and I think that's why now, you know, um, sporting organizations strongly encourage their players to, to get an education or get a trade, go to trade school, get an right. apprenticeship, get a skill. So, if you are delisted, you get a long-term injury, whatever reason you have to leave the game, you retire. Mm -hmm. You've got something to fall back on. Exactly. Um, I, th I think that's a great point. And, and we all have heard stories about the mental health struggles of retired players mm -hmm. because, you know, they might have been at the top of their game for 10 years, even longer. And then all of a sudden that's taken away from you. And if you don't have anything to fall back on, what do you do? Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, because, because as a professional sportsman, you've got structure in your life. You know, you have to be at training this day or this day. You have team meetings. It's, it's a full-time job. Well, and all we of see, a sudden, imagine we, all of a sudden it's gone. Yeah. Well, we see people here in the States, you know, professional athletes who during the course of their career have been paid 75 80 100 150 million dollars in their career and 10 years after they've retired they're bankrupt they have nothing yeah they have yeah, nothing exactly. i mean that doesn't happen yeah. a lot but it, it it happens you know i i there was a, a player that played for the the cleveland cavaliers and this is a young man who's had some serious issues with with uh with drugs I mean, this is, a, this is a young man who played like six or seven years in the NBA, had made several million dollars. He was homeless. Yeah. He was homeless. How does and, that happen? Yeah. I mean, it, you know, he had all these demons with the, with the, the drugs that, that he was involved with that he'd become dependent upon. But it, it's just, you, you feel bad about those kinds of things. And, and we, we have really gone down a rabbit hole with this, haven't we? Uh, we... <laughs> We have, we, yeah, yeah, we which have is okay, which is okay. <laughs> you know, we got talking about Bailey Smith, and we we ended up we ended up here. Which I, trust me, nothing wrong with this at all. I this I think this is a very important topic. I, I, I it is, and you yeah. know what, you could you could devote a whole podcast, yeah, to that topic. Yeah, I mean, I've reached you out. Know, um, there's an organization that uh, that um, oh, Alistair Clarkson has. I've seen him do some reporting on it. it's a mental health group uh that i've seen him in some web some web postings about and I, I reached out to them to ask them whether or not i could mention you know i didn't i didn't want to mention their organization on my podcast without their permission and I, i've not heard yep. back from them yet so they never they never responded okay. to me but you know, i would i would like to have mentioned their stuff and linked to their their organization on the on my show notes but I hadn't heard back from them, so I didn't want to do that without without letting them know that I was doing that. So no, and that's yeah. and that's that's fair enough too. Yeah. So anyway, where where were we? <laughs> we well, we were gonna we were gonna get into uh, who do you see as the, oh, the well? We were yeah, we were talking about the midfield, weren't we? Sorry, 
Um, yeah, that's that's how we got off track, wasn't it? Talking about Bailey Smith starting mm-hmm. in the midfield, and then you got Jack McRae. Um, oh, look, and, and I told you, um, you did ask me earlier. Um, you know who 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 am I looking for? And I said looking forward to seeing him. And I said Jamara Yugo Hagen. You, you know, one person I'm really looking forward to seeing this year, talking of the midfield and taking that next step to become a regular contributor and a very good player is uh, Paddy Lipinski. Okay. I think you'll find it. I think you'll find he has a breakout season this year. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, my, that's my prediction. Yeah. I hope I haven't uh, tread on your toes there. If that was going to be a question. No. No, I was. Uh, yeah. I was going to be getting I mean, into, you know, who you saw as the, as the best and fairest this year for the club. Oh, geez, that's that's tough, you know. To win the club best and fairest, you know. The, that's a nice problem the, to have, isn't it? It is because <laughs> I think I think I think our issue will be, and look, let's be honest, most clubs. Uh, even the Brownlow medal for the competition's um, best and fairest. They're, they're mid, they're, for all intents and purposes, they're midfielders' medals now. And I think the problem the Bulldogs will have are players stealing votes off each other, if that makes sense. Um, My cat's interview said the exact same thing last night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that that would be a problem. But, I mean, you, you just can't go past the bond. Can you? I mean, he's just a special player. Um, he doesn't get a lot of the ball, but when he does, he always does something with it. Um, That's true. And, and um, you know, who's become an absolute A-grader, and I'll throw one out there. Um, okay, I'll go out on a limb. Best and fairest for the Bulldogs this year, Lockie Hunter. Okay. Okay. That's a good call. He just... He just racks up the possessions. He's he's really good to watch. He's silky smooth. Uh, he's just a very good footballer. Um, okay. So, yeah, I'll go out on a limb and say Lockie Hunt will win uh, the Sutton medal this year. Okay. Now, I I wanted to get your uh, your choice also. Who's, who's, uh, who is going to earn the wooden spoon this year? Oh, now you're going to make me. Uh, you're going to make you know, you're going to make uh, one group of, of kick, you know, kick one of seventeen club clubs fans. Side. Um. Okay. Uh, North Melbourne. Okay. I think I. I think you are not alone I in think, that in that statement so far on here. I think. I think Carlton are definitely going to improve this year. Uh, from what I saw of the Gold Coast last year and any team with Matt Rowe in that team and hopefully the young kids fit this year. Right, um, right. They, they, I think the Gold Coast are going to improve. Um, you know, if I sort of do it geographically, look at the two Perth teams. Well, the West Coast are always going to be there or thereabouts. Mm-hmm. I see I see Frio on an upward curve. You know, not necessarily making the finals, but they'll... I think under um, I heard someone um, in the media the other day called Justin Longmuir J Lo. <laughs> I had a bit of a chuckle, and I think <laughs> under I think under Justin Longmuir, Frio will improve. Port Adelaide, they're going to be a team to beat this year, no doubt about it. 
Okay. The, the only contender maybe, you know, that I can think of that might challenge North Melbourne for the wooden spoon could possibly be Adelaide. Okay. I had, um, I had somebody that I talked to earlier tonight and I don't want to say who they are right now because people yep. may, people may listen to these out of order, yep. but it was, it was a very surprising club that they, that they named as who they thought was going to win the wooden spoon. And I don't think it was, I don't think they chose them because they're a rival. They gave some very valid reasons as to why they, they were choosing this club and it's not somebody I had even considered. I'm thinking now that you've mentioned that um, and I haven't considered, but now you mention it. Essendon. I will, I will neither confirm nor deny that that was the club. (laughs) What I will say is that I think Essendon will have a tough year this year under Brett Lane. That's okay. what I think. Okay. Um, you're so, skip- all right, if I'm Go ahead. three teams, North Melbourne, Adelaide, and I think Essendon will struggle okay. as well. Okay. There, there you go. I, 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 will, I will hint at this. The club that they mentioned was not one of the three that you meant, just mentioned. Okay. All right. So I, I, I will I will put that out there for those of you who may be listening to this one uh, before you listen to the other one. And I'm going to try to go ahead and release these in the order that I've recorded them. You know, I'm yep. looking at your at your schedule for this year, and you know the the teams that you're doubling up with that you're playing twice. You've got you know you've got Port Adelaide, you've got uh, West Coast, Melbourne, North Melbourne, and Gold Coast. And you know, on paper. That looks pretty solid. But as you were as you were saying, go, go ahead. That looks pretty good. Um, any team that has to go to Perth, we all know you're going to struggle playing over there. It's such a big advantage um, for the two, you know, for, for West Coast and for for Frio. Yeah. It's such a big advantage um, playing Port. You know, look, we generally speaking, we don't play too badly at the Adelaide Oak. And we, we tend to have really close games against Port Adelaide, actually. Uh-huh. Um, so that, that's, yeah, that's fine. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm happy with that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and then the other clubs you mentioned, I, I would like to think, you know, we could we could get the four points. Yeah, Un- unless, you know, unless, Matt Rowell's, yeah. unless Matt Rowell has a good year, right? Well, exactly right there. That kid, <laughs> yeah. that kid, that kid is a super talent. Yeah, um, I, think, I think he's going to be. He looks like he's already played 200 games. Right, right. You know, right, right. You, you, the leadership um, that he shows out on the field, his, his positioning, mm-hmm. um, just everything he does, you, you'd swear he's been playing the game for 10 years at the highest level. And you think he's just a kid. Right. Um, yeah, he's he's going to, I think he's going to be, he's going to be. You know what? I don't think the goal, I don't think Gold Coast will be pushovers this year. I think whoever plays them are going to have a tough game. Right. I, I, that's kind of what I was thinking as well. I said, you know, on paper, it looks, it looks pretty solid, but that's why I was saying, you know, Gold Coast might give you guys a lot more headaches than, than maybe you want. Yeah. And they might give a lot of other clubs headaches that they right. might not have expected that's, to that's get. That's true too. Yes. You're exactly right. Um, you know, you know, the, the thing is every season throws up things that we just don't expect. And mm-hmm. this year will be no different. It will be no different. And there will be games where you go and expecting to win and you don't win. It's, it, it, it happens. Yeah. 
Now, I don't, yeah. I don't know if I, I don't know if I agree with you there because I did, I did, I did see that uh, that one guy last year won, he won two million dollars because he tipped hubs, he tipped that the clubs would be playing in hubs last year. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't. yeah, how do you insult? tipping that and you know no, I, I, i'm kidding tip. i just i just made that up i'm i'm kidding I, I, you know i i actually thought and i'll be honest with you i i thought the season was just going to be a write-off i was so worried about AFL, that too what the afl actually achieved is nothing short of remarkable because at one stage i think around the world i the afl was one of the very few competitions in the world that was that was it, that was it going. was it was, and they were playing. They were broadcasting on on free television here in the states. They were broadcasting at least six, if not more, or all of the games for every round because that's all that was all that we had is live television. And I to, you, it, go ahead. I was going to ask you, do you think that's attracted more fans in the U.S.? You know. I think it attracted more fans that were people that existing footy fans talked to, because I'm going to, I'm going to tell you right now, the, the sports networks, ESPN and Fox sports here did a lousy job of promoting the games. Okay. They, they, I, I don't recall seeing a single advertisement for any of the games ever. And, you know, what they have done for years when they, when they generally will play one game a week or maybe two games a week is that if the game ends early, you know, there's no, there's no explanation. The game comes on, they don't, you know, and, you know, and it's the, it's the, the local, you know, broadcast in Australia, but they put American commercials in it. But if the game ends early, they put on a, a video that they've been using in the five years I've been watching the game. It's a 20 minute video of people playing rugby with really bad techno music in the background. So they're, they're not even, they're not even trying to, you know, to to separate the two games from one another. They're saying, "Well, we got time to fill. Yeah, okay. Let's put in this thing that sort of looks like it, but it isn't, isn't it at all?" No, that's that's disappointing. Yeah, I I think if if they wanted to 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 one generate some more ad revenue, and I've advocated this several times, I think that either ESPN or Fox Sports here once a week should do a highlight show hosted by whether it's you know uh broadcasters in australia or broadcasters here in the states showing highlights of the games in australia from the previous week and maybe talking up the game that's going to be on free television here in the states and yeah, have, and that, have look, that on in prime time at like eight o'clock in the evening one night so people realize you, could, you know what i can't stay up until three but i can turn my i can turn my dvr on and record the game yeah. and watch it later the, i think the onus is also on the AFL to to get something organised and and strike a deal with um, whether it be Fox Sports or ESPN, like you said, and, yeah. and have that um, have you know all it all it takes is a one hour show per week. Yeah, I think it would do wonders for the game. Um, oh, it it would. Um, yeah, I really do. But it's it sounds like that won't happen anytime soon, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, we've got we've got a group here in the states that that lob, basically they lobby the uh, you know they try to encourage the TV networks to do things like that, and they they've been working at trying to do that sort of thing for years. 
So, and they're very active in trying to do that. It's just, they just end up beating their heads against the walls though. Yeah. So. And that's, that's disappointing to hear. Um, because, you know, if you, if, if, if you want to make the game accessible to as many people as possible, then that's why I said the onus can, should also fall on the AFL to, right. to do something about it. Right. Um, whether that be in, in the UK, Europe, the US, Asia, if you want to build the game and build the brand, then you've got to you've got to be proactive in promoting the game, and I'm not convinced the AFL do a brilliant job in in doing that. I think they I think they definitely could do better. Yes, yeah, I think yeah. they could do it do a better job of it here because this is a, you know, this I'm not I'm not trying to sound like a a bragging American here. This is a huge market. Oh, absolutely. This, this is a market that that you know. We love watching, you know, MMA. We, you know, we love watching, um, you know, gridiron football. You know, this has this has got a a number of things, you know, that that go together to to make up the game that this is. And and I just think they could do a better job of marketing it. But hopefully, one day that does yeah, happen. Yeah. So who um, do you? Go ahead. No, no. Sorry, you go. I was gonna, I was gonna, you know, kind of move on to the next thing, and I was gonna ask you, who do you have in your in the top four for this year? I know who are the other three in your top four because you've already told us who one of them are. All right, I, I, my, my expectation, my hope is that the Bulldogs are one of those teams. So, uh-huh. yeah, let's assume that we are. I would also lock in. You have to lock in Richmond. I mean. Watching, um, I didn't watch much of the game last night, um, but there were greens. I think Richmond will be, they'll be there or thereabouts again, mm-hmm. um, no doubt about it. Uh, Port Adelaide, um, I think they will be a team to beat this year. They're going, they're going to be very good. Some they're young players. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's been well documented the talent of their of, right, of right. some of the younger players. They're just going to get better. Um, so Richmond, Port Adelaide, the Bulldogs, and ooh, a fourth team, uh, Brisbane. Oh, you know, it, 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 it's you throw a blanket over quite a few teams. And as I said to you earlier, uh, you could finish sixth or maybe even seventh, but only be percentage or four points behind the fourth team, if that makes sense. Right, right, yeah. It's, it's going to be that close. Yeah. I'd lock in Richmond and Port Adelaide. Um, uh, oh. Do you know what? I, I think, okay, I'll go with Brisbane or Geelong. Okay. Yeah, I think they're, I think they're both, uh, legitimate calls there as well yeah i think they're they're both possible for the top four yeah you know as i said to you um pre-show geelong it's it's been more bust for geelong this season I think. right right i think you're right you know the the list is aging and the, the they're 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 recruiting shows that they think we have to we have to do it this year or at the very latest next year mm-hmm you know, when you get Sean Higgins, class player, um, I still um, still sort of um, l- 
lament the fact that he he wanted out of our football club, but we were in a pretty bad way back in those days. So yeah, um, yeah, he he's just he's a brilliant player. And you ask any Bulldog fan, any North Melbourne fan, you know, Sean Higgins is class. Um, you get Jeremy Cameron. Mm-hmm. I think I'll be interested. The yeah, only I... the only the only doubt I have, well, it's not a doubt. I'm interested to see how um, Tom Hawkins and Jeremy Cameron will work together in that forward line. But they look pretty good, Geelong. Yeah, they're, I, I, they're looking pretty good. I think they're they're playing overnight tonight. They play at three o'clock in the morning, my time here. So, you know, I, I won't watch it until the morning. In fact, I haven't yeah. any of the games that were played yesterday, last night, I haven't looked at them. So the Collingwood Richmond game, there were a couple AFLW games. I've not looked at them yet. I'm, I'm there is been... an afternoon game coming up in about an hour. I think it's yeah. like four o'clock our time. Well, there's an AFLW um, game starting here pretty soon. I think GWS plays. I think starting, yeah, starting, starting in a couple of minutes. I think. Yeah, um, exactly. Um, so yeah, Geelong, Geelong, yeah, Geelong or Brisbane. So I'd have Port Adelaide, Richmond, Brisbane, Geelong, and of course the Bulldogs. Um, and you know what? There's always often a smoky that that comes from right you know someone you don't expect that has a a, a, a breakout year might might be um, St Kilda this year it, it could well be yeah, yeah. We, we don't know but yeah. there's usually a club that pops up um and I'll be interested to see how the Giants go this year having been up there for you know four or five years uh-huh You're I, exactly wonder, right, yeah. I wonder I wonder if times pass them by but you look at you look at them on paper, and they've still got some quality players. So I wouldn't discount the Giants. Um, no. Yeah, it's it's so tough because the competition is so even. And you know what, the AFL would love that because that's what the draft was designed to do. Yep, exactly. Even, right, yeah. even out the competition. So that's exactly what. It's it's yeah. So we've got a really good even competition and. You look at some competitions around the world and it's, you know, some, some leagues around the world, it's the same clubs year in, year out. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it? That are competing, um, at least with the AFL. Um, your teams will have their periods of success. You know, um, Brisbane had their period of success in the early 2000s. Geelong, of course, you guys had your period of success from what? 2007 to 2011. And so Yep, and then, um, then Hawthorne. Hawthorne. Yep. Um, now Richmond. Um, but it's not like they've dominated the competition. Um, you know, Richmond is still beatable. You know, I wouldn't would certainly not be guaranteeing that Richmond are one of the clubs that play in the grand final because you know the beauty of finals, a, a preliminary final, anything can happen on that day. Yeah. Yep. And um I hark back to the the, the prelim against um, the Giants, the Bulldogs and Giants up in Sydney, and that was an epic game. And we didn't even expect to get that far. You, you just get a run at the right time, and any team can just pop up. And you're right, it could be St Kilda this year that, that is a big improver. Yeah, there, there will be a club though that, that, that improves drastically. And yeah, yeah, that's a good call. I'm, I'm tipping if. There is a club that, that elevates themselves to the next level. I'd be going with St Kilda. Okay. Okay. Now, I, before we wrap up here, I had uh, 
I had some Bulldogs questions that I wanted to ask you, and you've been a fan for several decades. So let's see how you do on these, okay? Most of the questions don't go back that far, though. Yep. So first question, who led the Bulldogs in disposals in 2020? Oh, who got the most touches? Uh, it'd probably be Jack McRae. It was, yep. yep. It was 475, almost 100 more than Bailey Smith. Yeah, he's a ball magnet, Jack. Yep. Okay. Um, do you do do you do the super coach? No. You know, okay. I'm one of those people, when I did do it, I'd get into it for the first few rounds. Uh-huh. And then I'd forget about it. I'd lose interest and then I'd just give up. <laughs> okay. So, no. I'm well, not, we'll, we'll skip that question because I was, was going to ask you who the, uh, the top three scorers were that were Bulldogs last year. And it was McRae, uh, Bontempelli, and Caleb Daniel. So. Uh, Caleb Daniel. Yeah. Okay. That's, yep. that's, that's surprising. But, um, yeah, no, good, good little player is Caleb. All right. This, here's the next one. This, this is the first of this type of question that I've been able to ask. Who began writing the messages on the Bulldogs banners in 2014? Uh, that's um, um, oh, um, Danny. Is it Danny McGinley? I can't remember. Yes, it is. Name. Yep, Danny McGinley. Yeah. Yes, that that's uh, that that's impressive. I I thought all of them kind of had the little snarky comments on there, but yeah, they've got an actual comedian doing it, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. No, he's uh, that's he's, pretty cool. He, he, he can be quite uh, imaginative. All right. So in uh, in what year did the Bulldogs go over 40,000 members for the first time? If you oh. think about this, so this is a, this is an easy question. If you, if probably, you really probably, think about it. probably 2017. Yes, it is. Yep. Yep. Now, since the year 2000, so just in the last 20 seasons, who is the oldest player to play for the Bulldogs? The oldest, uh, probably Grandy or Jono off the top of my head. Chris Grant, Brad Johnson. Um, yeah, I'll go Chris Grant. Okay. Uh, it was Tony Libertori. Oh, Liber. Yeah. Yep. 30, 36, yeah. basically 36 and a half years old. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Not Liber. Yep. Yeah. I think Grandy was probably about 35. Now, who kicked the most goals in Bulldogs history? Oh, in the history of the club. Uh-huh. Uh, cool. Um, I'm thinking, why does Simon Beasley come to my mind? Because that's the correct answer. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I still love there you, watching this. There you go, yeah. I still love watching the Pineman play. Yeah. He, he does, if, you, if you saw him, he did not. Oh, look like I, a I just I just picked up on that nickname. The yep, simple, uh, simple Simon the Pieman. That's right. Uh, okay. He looked like a footballer at the time. He was, you know, the Western suburbs of Melbourne is very working class. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a guy that comes in that didn't look like a footballer. Uh, he didn't dress like the read. You know, was wearing suits. He was a stockbroker. He's, uh, you know, a very educated man and. Uh, you know, playing playing for Footscray, playing with um, with you know, um, well, rough I'm, and tumble Western suburbs boys. I'm looking at I'm looking at some of his cards, and I, some of the images of his football cards and such. And you're absolutely right; he does not look like 
Um, he does not look like a, uh, a, a footballer. But I'll tell you what, he was a very, very accurate kick at goal. And that's something I notice oh. that's just now. Oh, and and he made the big. news in he made the news in 2019 also. Oh, I just saw an article here um, on punters.com.au. Oh yeah, yeah, because he's in, he's involved in the horse racing industry now. Yes, yeah, he got he was facing improper conduct charge in 2019. So yeah. that that yeah, headline just yeah. popped up there. Now, who's played the most games? In the red, white, and blue. Uh, the most. Uh, well, it was Ted Whitten and Doug Hawkins broke his record. And then I think Brad Johnson broke Dougie's record. Brad Johnson um, is, Brad Johnson so, is yeah, the correct Johnny. answer. Yep. Yeah. Well, Brad Johnson broke Chris Grant's record. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yep. Chris Grant broke Dougie's record. And then Jono, um, yeah, went past Grady. Um, okay. Four champions of the club. And we're gonna go. We're gonna go back to front on this one here. So, which club throughout the history of the club has defeated the Bulldogs the most times? Hmm. I I don't know why, but I'm thinking Collingwood. That's correct. 110. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And which club have the Bulldogs defeated the most in their history? Ooh, I don't know. This is going to be a guess, um, but I would say Melbourne or St Kilda. Um, I'll I'll go with St Kilda. Okay, well, uh, it's uh, the Swans, South Melbourne, ah, Sydney. Yep. There you go. Eighty-three yes, there times go. there. Eighty-three times there. Yep. And if you remember earlier in the earlier in the the discussion here. I told you there was going to there's going to be a question. I guaranteed you got right, so don't let me down here, okay? Okay. Here's right. the, this Let's is the last. This is the last question. In in what year was Mick Malthouse named senior coach of the Bulldogs? Uh, okay. Uh, Eighty four. Nineteen eighty four is correct. Yes, that is correct. I told you you were going to get that one. <laughs> I, I once. <laughs> I think I did pretty well. You you did extraordinarily well. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a you know, well first of all we you know we exempted you from the uh, the super coach question, and you know the Libertor question you weren't sure on, and the Melbourne South Melbourne one you didn't you didn't yeah, get, yeah. but you got every other one correct. So you know you if got, I hadn't have thought about it a bit more, I, I yeah Libba screamed seven, out at me. I should have gone with seven out of anyway. seven out of nine. Uh, yeah, I'll that, take that. That's a solid. That's a solid. Good, solid B right there. Yeah, uh, so, maybe B plus. Okay, we'll give you a B plus. There were some bonus <laughs> points. Yes, exactly. Uh, so, anything else before we wrap this up? Because I, you know, I, I, I think we've covered everything. The only, the only other question I did not get to on my list yep. was what when when you go to the when you go to the games. Mm -hmm. What is what's your favorite what's your favorite food at the games? Uh, I always, if I, if I eat at the footy, it's always a pie. It's okay. always a meat pie. Four, four and 20 pie. Okay. Um, washed down with some, um, variety of liquids consumed. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. I had, somebody told me that at, uh, at the MCG, they actually have a, a special four and 20 pie that's made with like a better cut of meat. 
Mm, okay. Yeah. No, I've this, not noticed yeah, this, that, but we, we play our games at Dockland, so it's just right, a regular right. four and twenty pie. So they which look, I'll be honest, there are better pies around, but you know, you're at the footy. Um, obviously four and twenty have got the contract with the right, AFL for catering right. to sell their products, so it's always been a four and twenty pie. Um, you'd have a pie and a beer at the footy. It's a bit okay. of a tradition. Yeah, I had somebody did mention to me the other other day that they uh the the hot the hot jelly donut was their was their go to. Yeah, 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 donuts are popular, but you usually got to go outside the stadiums to the vans. So um, you go to the MCG or Docklands, and they'll have you know the food trucks outside, uh-huh. and usually they're the ones that have the best the best donuts. Now, now during during the course of the games, are you, are you a lot you know because you know leaving the stadium during a game here in the United States is you once you leave you don't get back in. No, no, we have. Um, we have ground attendance at the gates and you get what's called a pass out. Okay. So it used to be paper and then you'd, you'd give it back to them. I think now, I oh know now uh, you just scan your, your membership card. Okay. Um, to get in and out and, you know, smoking's prohibited in the stadium. So quarter time, half time, three quarter time, there's always people going outside to have a cigarette, go wow. to the food trucks, baby okay. get some donuts. Um so yes, you can leave the stadium and, and re-enter. I, I had I did I didn't know that at all. That that's completely new to me. Uh, that I yeah. and I and I I I talked to somebody on an uh, episode last year who is a uh, well, you might have even encountered him. He works as a uh, as a spruker at at Marvel Stadium. Yeah, which is oh, one okay. of, yeah he so you've you've probably passed him by going into. Uh, into watching yeah, a game there yeah uh, so and that was a word i'd never heard before before i talked to him so i had to oh, look that one go. up yeah no it's a tradition um you know one of the great things is and in a lot of sports is walking to the stadium uh-huh all the other fans you know walking to the stadium and then you'll have you guys what's called we call it in victoria we call it the football record which is just a magazine right, right um you know with feature stories um and it'll have you know the clubs on the on the front cover so you know it'll be like western bulldogs versus essendon mm-hmm. um and it'll have a list of a list of the squads and all of that sort of stuff and um you buy a record of course you got to have a meat pie a beer um i think a lot of us miss going to the footy um and it's going to be interesting with with the capping of crowds, how that actually works, um, especially for the larger clubs. Um, I'm assuming they're going to have to have some sort of ballot uh, to be able to get tickets to, to go, um, you know, because uh, we're all craving to get back to the, to the footy. I don't go as much now as I used to. I used to go, I mean, every week to, um, to the Witten Oval yeah. um, when we played at our own ground and... Um, yeah, my dad and I used to um, go to dock. We had our own, we had our seats, so we get our memberships and purchase a seat as well. So we had the same seat every every week, and um, we don't do it as much now. Um, don't know why, but uh, as my dad's getting a bit older, I think um, he doesn't mind just putting it on the Fox Footy Channel and just watching on TV. Um, and I don't particularly like going to the footy on my own. I think you've got to go yeah. with someone to really get that experience and. Um, um, but yeah, I'll try and get to um, as many games as I can this year, and um, it'll just be interesting um, getting access to, to match day tickets. That's all. 
because yeah, of the crowd restrictions. I'm I'm ex- I'm excited that you're that that people are getting an opportunity to go back to the games because you yeah, know, that you that know was... having having a half full stadium is better than not having any crowd at all. Right, right, absolutely. Well, um, so yeah, it's 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 going to be great to see the crowds back yeah. because going to an AFL game with a, a full stadium. In a close game, it's it's a great experience. Um, you know, the good thing about our game, unlike other sports, we tend to all mix together. You know, there will be a members section where at your home game, it's probably pretty much all your team. Yeah. But in the general admission areas and everything like that, you know, you've got families that follow different teams and families can go to the footy together and follow different teams. Um and it's mixed, so it creates a good atmosphere. Okay, there can be trouble at times, a bit of crowd trouble, but generally speaking, it's pretty good. And it's a great experience to go. So I would urge you one day, sir, to uh, to come. I... Ooh, I think I lost you there. I believe I just lost Luke there. I just got cut off. Uh, we lost Luke's connection there, but we pretty much wrapped up everything that we were going to cover, so... Luke, you won't hear this until it gets published, but I truly, sir, thank you for taking time out of your your Saturday afternoon where you could be out soaking up the sunshine and that sort of thing and coming on the show and talking to me. It was an absolute joy. You know, we, we got off track a little bit, but that's good because we talked about some important stuff tonight and I, I'm really looking forward to getting this, uh, this uh, episode out. And uh, again, Frode, I know I'll send flowers, okay? I'm sorry. I, like I said, I feel like I'm stepping out on you here, but uh, we'll be okay. Oh, and he's back. So we'll go ahead and be able to close out here. Okay. So I'm we'll, back. We'll I'm be just, able to. Sorry, we I, just got I just, I just closed out the episode there without you here. So I'll. <laughs> I'll, uh, I, oh, yeah, I said, I said some very glowing out. things about you that you'll get to hear when this comes out. Uh, no, sorry, I couldn't um, sort of say goodbye to everyone. No, no that's okay. Just at but... that very moment, the uh, connection cut out. Yeah, it was. Like, Damn, we were just getting right to the <laughs> end as well. Yeah, I just, I, I, I just, uh, while you, while you were gone, I did, I did apologize to Frode again. Told him I said, I said, I told him I said I'd, I'd send him some flowers. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. But I'm no, like, uh, I, 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 I should tweet him and just say. Sorry to usurp your, um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, that would that would be great if you if you put a tweet out there, you know, saying, "Hey, you know, uh, oh, we just we just lost you again there, doggone it." Oh well. Again, ladies and gents, this is what happens when you're recording fifteen thousand kilometers away. Sometimes the feed cuts out, sometimes it doesn't. Well, we just lost it there off of Zoom. It, it's been a great discussion. I'm gonna again say my my hearty heartfelt thanks to luke here as he's uh getting back on yet again it's almost like rocky in round 14 of rocky 2 where he's been knocked down (laughs) and and he keeps getting back up and throwing punches and cut my eye mickey cut my eye (laughs) (laughs) no it's it's been a pleasure craig talking with you it really has it's been good i've enjoyed it. it it has been a lot of fun and i and i appreciate it you know it's been great, you know, trading messages with you online. Uh, that's one of the things about this journey is that I have met up again. I've not met people in person. I, I, 
but I've now spoken to you, so I, I know you a little bit. Yeah. I uh, couldn't pick you out of a lineup, but I, I, I know, I know you now. And, uh, but that's been such fun to just talk to different people and, and engage with them. And, and, and I'll be honest, I talk to far more people that live on the other side of the planet than I do that live on my own block on my street. And I walk my dogs past their house just about every day. And I talk to more people that live in Australia than I do on my yeah. own street. You know, you know so, what? That's that's not uncommon. I think yeah. I'm pretty much the same. Yeah. I'll talk to my well, friends, I, I have a lot of friends around the world and you know, we get on WhatsApp and we have a chat every now and then. Uh -huh. And um, actually that reminds me, I was talking to my friend Elizabeth yesterday. Uh, I think she followed you on Twitter, E Lizzie. Okay. Uh, so if you check your followers and see an E Lizzie, she's from Charleston, South Carolina. Okay. Uh, she, she loves the footy as well. So she gets up and watches the Bulldogs and um yeah she's a, a convert she loves her sport so um yeah no look i Terrific. love catching up with my friends all, all over the world and yeah i wouldn't know who my neighbors are yeah, yeah you know i'll I, talk to my friend nigel my friend nigel in uh in ireland he's in the republic of ireland uh-huh uh my brother my brother-in-law lives fans. in ireland now um yeah he's a big bulldogs fan too uh, and it's great you, like you say you talk to more people around you know the beauty of social media and whatsapp and all of, all of these tools that we have right right yeah we we are becoming more closely connected with people but not necessarily people that live in your own city or even your own neighborhood yeah and it's i, I, and, I, I, I think it's I, a I great thing my neighbors are. Yeah. it is great because if you have a common interest you know um you talk with them and it would it shouldn't matter where they are in in the world so um what you do um is brilliant i think well well thank you so sir thank you keep I, up the good work I, i'm i'm just going to i'm just going to go ahead and say it here i have a hell of a lot of fun doing it it's 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 stressful but it's a good kind of stress i mean it's yeah. because as soon as we end here and this audio is downloading to my computer i'm going to begin stressing out about the fact that i have six of these that i need to go through before I do yeah. five more interviews next week. <laughs> and when you um, eventually do get around to, to doing it, do you just want to slip me a DM with the link? I absolutely will. Yeah. And remember, yeah, if you, if you, if you get, uh, well, we just lost you again there and I'm probably going to sign off this time, but you know, if you want to get signed up on the uh, email list, there's a link for that in the show notes and you can go ahead and, uh, get signed up on that and you'll be uh, you'll get the email with the link to the episode as soon as it comes out. So, Oh, look at that. I don't know what's going on with my damn internet. Well, you've got your, your picture showing up now though. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what's. So I was, I was happening. saying that. Uh, yeah, it's that, got the green lights on. So. Yeah. I was saying that you're, you know, oh, hell, I don't even remember what I was saying now. Um, <laughs> I, well, I you was better make myself. it quick because I'm sure I'm going to cut out again. Okay. <laughs> well, I was saying, you know, if you want to sign up for the, my mailing list in the show notes, I, I send out that every new episode that comes out, I send them out to them first before I before I put any other any other information out about the uh, okay. the podcast on any of the social media, so they get it in their email within 30 seconds of when the episode's posted. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. When you. Um, well, I can just DM you my uh, my email address if you like. Okay, that works too. Um, yeah, and I can add, I can just add you yeah. to it then. Yeah, yeah, but, no, um, cool. Sounds good. Okay, but make make sure you go ahead and tweet Frode and and you know 
tell him you feel bad for <laughs> yeah yeah for stepping yeah, in here I'll, I'll, uh, yep he's probably sound asleep right now as we speak uh no um, i gu- i guarantee you he's up he's up he's watching up. footy right he's up watching footy right now he's not asleep <laughs> i guarantee i'm gonna say it's uh it's 11 30 here it's 11 30 yeah 11 30 yeah. Yeah. yeah yep yeah. i got i got up at five this morning so oh yeah. you'd be ready to go to sleep then no nah, i'm gonna i'm gonna turn on one of the games here in just a minute yep yeah i've got but, i've got the cricket on at the moment yeah. but um india and england um okay big game because if england beats india australia's in the world test championship final oh terrific so i never i never thought an aussie would actually go for england because god yeah. We don't like each other, but um, there you go. I'm actually well, hoping England win, but I don't think uh, I actually, I'm actually uh, supposed to be sitting down to interview here in the next couple of days. They were, they were going to try to come out on Tuesday, but I've already got two interviews going on. Uh, two of the guys who got AFL India up and running. Oh, but, okay. But I'm, I'm having to, co- you know, we're having to coordinate times because I'm in Ohio and one of the gentlemen lives in Darwin and the other one lives in Mumbai. So we're we're trying to mesh up three oh. three time zones that where we can all kind of be semi conscious at the same time. So it's that's, gonna be that's that's it's gonna tough. be tough. It's gonna be tough to do that. So yeah. But because you know, I think I think Mumbai, they probably you know I think it's a, I think it's three five, hours six, difference. Seven, yeah, well was, yeah. Yeah, well, from us on the east coast, it's probably about five and a half, six hours difference. Yeah, let's see. I can um, check on my phone here real quickly. Uh Let's see, Melbourne. I'm 16 hours behind Melbourne, and I am 10 and a half hours behind Mumbai. So Mumbai is five and a half hours behind you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I thought. So between so you know, yeah, that's that's tough. So 14. So Mumbai and Darwin are four hours, four and a half hours apart. No. Mm. 14. Yeah, 30, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're four hours apart. Yeah, yeah. 14 and a half and 10 and a half. So they're on the half hour. So, yep. Well, hey, go enjoy the cricket. Okay. Um, well, a- no, I'm, I'm actually going to turn on the footy now. And okay. Footy. Enough cricket then? Yeah. Okay. India look like they're going to win this. So, yeah, I'll just Good deal. go to the footy. Have a, great af- have a great afternoon, man. It was, it was fantastic no, talking to you. And and thank you very much for the opportunity. You bet. I really you bet. I enjoyed I, myself. So, uh, I, I did we'll, too. We'll Thanks a bunch. Soon. You bet. Thanks a bunch. All right, Craig. Look after yourself. Take it easy. You too. You too. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. And a huge thank you to Luke Foley for coming on the show. Glad that uh, we were able to get through that with with minimum issues with his... uh, with his Wi-Fi, with his router. So we got through, we had a couple hiccups, but it worked out pretty well. So I'm very thrilled about how that happened today. So it was a great deal of fun talking footy with him. Uh, it was, I think, an important discussion about some of the other aspects of, of the game and society that we dug into during this this, this uh, interview today. We're not experts, at least I'm not an expert. Maybe he is, but it was just, you know, our views on the things that are out there and why we, we believe that, uh, along with so many other people, that mental health needs to be an issue that, that gets dealt with at this game level and in many aspects of life. You know, and again, reach out, talk to your friends. 
I know we kind of joked on this episode that we spent a lot of time talking to people on the other side of the planet, but don't forget those people who are close to home to you, who you do care about. Reach out, talk to them, call them, send them a message. Get on FaceTime with them. Get on Zoom with them. Whatever the case may be. Let them know that you love them. Let them know that you care about them. Okay? Now, as I mentioned before, I'm hoping you'll also consider uh, taking a look at the uh, the storefront page. Uh, T-shirts, stickers, things of that nature. Heck, if you want to get a, uh, a Yank on the Footy shower curtain, they have them available. I'm not getting one, but you might like one. So... Feel free to check that out if you'd like to. Also, the uh, Buy Me a Coffee page, anything that comes in from that is going right back into the podcast to help keep it running, keep it up and functioning, because this is a, a hobby that, uh, you know, quite frankly, can get a little bit pricey. And uh, if you've got any ideas for show tips or somebody you think would be a great guest, uh, while I was listening to this episode again tonight, I, I did engage online with a couple of people who I'm hoping to have on the show again, uh, or have on the show or have on the show again. Um, so it was great to talk to them and just trade messages on Twitter with them as we were going along here. But shoot me a DM on Twitter. Shoot me an email at yankonthefooty at gmail.com if you've got some ideas. I'd love to hear from you. And remember, you can find all of the episodes at yankonthefooty.podbean.com. Eventually, you'll be able to find them on your favorite podcast hosting site as well. Sometimes it takes a little while for them to get there. Uh, but they're also going to all be available on my YouTube channel. Now, every episode up until I started these interviews are already up on the uh, YouTube channel, and I will be loading these on there collectively, you know, as separate episodes, but all at one time. I'll do it like as a batch when the time comes to do that, all right? So, also, now that you've listened, I hope you'll consider giving me a review on Apple Podcasts. It lets me know what you think I'm doing well. It lets the podcast host know what I'm doing well, and uh, maybe it'll get them to give me a little bit more access to their algorithm and possibly boost me up in front of some eyes that, that haven't seen my, my podcast before. All right, so don't forget, ladies and gents, you can reach me at yankonthefooty at gmail.com. You can reach me on Twitter at yank underscore on, as well as on Facebook and Instagram at yankonthefooty. And again, if you want to join the mailing list, folks, I'd love to have you on there. just takes a couple seconds. I'm not bombarding you with, uh, you know, with spam mail to get you to, to buy things and that sort of thing. I, you know, I don't, uh, I'm not putting anything on the reminding about the other aspects of things that are available, but yeah, I'll put the, um, new episodes on there. And I think I've maybe sent one or two other types of emails out there, but it's not the, Hey, you know, help me out kind of thing. I'm not doing that. That's not what this email list is for. Okay. So one of the other things with the uh, the email list, and I did not mention this in some of the recent episodes, is that I do plan on doing more live episodes. And that email list is going to make it a much more enjoyable endeavor for everybody involved. Because, sure, I'll put a link out on Twitter and on Facebook saying, hey, I'm going to go live in two hours. But I'm also going to send it directly to those of you who are in the, in the uh, email list. And you're going to get it, and you're going to have the code that if you want to come on and actually, you know, and contribute and talk and that sort of thing on that episode live, which will, I will then turn into a regular episode. I'll download the audio and turn it into a regular episode then. It gives you that opportunity to do that because you're kind of, I guess you could say, almost at the front of the line as far as that goes, okay? Now, enough of that, the business stuff there. I, I've, I've, mentioned, I've mentioned that already, so we're going to go ahead and, and wrap this thing up. Ladies and gents, I want to thank you for listening. We're fans of our clubs. We're excited. We're just a few days away from the footy, the men's footy season starting. We are in the midst of a very exciting AFLW season. There are some dynamite matchups this weekend, some great games, uh, and uh, 
I can't wait to check some of those out. And don't forget, those of you who were in the United States with me or you're in Canada or something of that nature, keep in mind, Australian rules football, it's why they invented the DVR. You don't have to be up at 3 o'clock to watch the game live. Some of us will be. Maybe not during a school night because I would have to go to work in the morning. But during the summertime, you're probably going to find me watching a 3 o'clock in the morning game from time to time. But don't forget, ladies and gents, I do ask that you consider sharing a link to the podcast you know, on your social media with your friends and family. And ladies, gentlemen, I cannot thank you enough for tuning in. I, I'm amazed with the reception I received from, from all of you. Uh, I've had a lot of people listening to these episodes over the last few days, and it's, it's, it's just been very humbling. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to the, uh, the interview that I did with Jim White, uh, of the, uh, he's a, a new Eagles supporter from here in the state of Georgia in the United States, it's one of the more humbling things I have done in my life. I, I, I don't do terribly well when, uh, when, when people, you know, tout my success or something that I've done well and they congratulate me. So I, I, I find that to be highly embarrassing. I appreciate it. I, I am, I'm, I am humbled by it, but it's, it's not something that, that a lot of people are comfortable with. You know, I, I, I'm not somebody who generally ends up, you know, looking for having heaps of praise thrust upon me. I loved it, but it's, it's, I don't want to say it's embarrassing, but it's, it's, uh, it's just not something that, that happens a lot in, in society. So, you know, I, I, I thank Mr. White for having done that the other day. It was, it was just a very kind thing to do. So, ladies and gents, again, may your dribble kick never, ever, ever hit the post. Hopefully, Eddie Betts is kicking it for you. I'll catch you later. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode number 81 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on or at yankonthefooty at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at A Yank on the Footy. Thanks for listening. And please consider sharing the podcast with your friends and family. And until next time, those of you around the world, thanks for tuning in. Goodbye. <laughs>